What is up, you beautiful human? Hello, and welcome back to the Raw, Real, and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. I am back on barley soil, and God, it feels so, so, so good. I know so many of you asked me, did I cut my trip short? And look, to be honest, it was actually a little bit of an experience to get me on the plane in the first place to go to America. I know that Bali has really created such a deep sense of really just landing within myself, within my life, within my own internal belonging, within my own internal peace. I've been accessing states of happiness and joy that I haven't accessed in such a long time. And I know, and I know that you know this too, that happiness and joy are an inside job, but finding a place and a space that just feels so where I can be the most myself, it felt really hard after the year that I've been through to take myself away from that. And also to share really transparently with you, I've been traveling a lot since the borders opened in May of 2022. And this trip really felt for me like one trip too many. I went because there was a part of my intuition that said that I needed to go to the USA in October and I followed that and I'm committed to that. I did that and whatever was meant to be revealed to me from having done that, maybe it's not here yet, but I know that that was in alignment with the wisdom of my body, where the wisdom of my body was telling me to go. And now what I know to be true is I actually do not have a desire to be a digital nomad. I don't actually have a high value for the nomadic lifestyle. I love having a home base, but I also love having the freedom and flexibility to be able to go where I desire to go and do what I want to do and have the variety and flexibility to be able to do that and a lifestyle to support me to be able to do that. But I'm really, truly so happy to be back on Bali soil and to be able to see what is possible for me, for my life, for my work, for my creations, for my health, for my fitness, for my wellness, for my relationship to my own sexuality, my sensuality, for my desire for partnership. I'm really excited to see what happens for my life from this space. But today I am sharing with you someone that you have all asked me to interview, AJ Paps. Yes, I have got him on the show and he is fucking, he's just the best. I I mean, I'm not even going to burn your ears off telling you how great this man is, but his energy just lights me up. AJ has actually spoken to thousands of people through having grown up in essentially a sex shop. He has grown up in a sex shop that was owned by his family, which means that he has become basically the confessional space for people's deepest, darkest, most secret desires. And that people have shared with him through the past 10 years what they struggle with the most when it comes to their sexuality and their desires for intimate partnership. Together, we explore why people lack confidence. We explore why people buy toys. And the actual answer is really going to surprise you. AJ then shares with me an exercise that you can do to not only love your body and feel confident naked, but something that will also support you to stop attracting the wrong partner. And finally, I really want you to stay tuned all the way to the end to hear AJ's number one piece of advice, not just for us women, but for males too, to support us all to be better lovers. This is one absolute hell of an episode. If you love it, please screenshot it, tag myself, tag AJ, because we both would absolutely love to connect with you. Strap yourself in. This is one hell of an episode. Let's 
fucking go. I am sitting with one of the funniest, most amusing, fully self-expressed humans on the internet. I have such a value for full self-expression and people who really embody no fucks given. Uh, AJ Paps, welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. Vic, thank you for having me. I know we tried teeing this up when I was overseas, but it's good to be back and be able to finally do this. Uh, I'm so honored to have you. I'm excited to have you. I know my entire audience is going to fizz. I would love to know who is, do I call you Andrew yeah, or do I call you do AJ? Do not call me Andrew. My, my mother is allowed to call me Andrew or some smart ass women in my life who want to get cheeky. <laughs> so a bit about me. I'm 27. I live in Sydney, Australia. I've been in the adult industry. In January, will be officially 10 years. I come from a family business. It was a family business. That's how I got into the adult industry. I didn't really want to be into it. When I entered the industry, it was very much DVDs, videos, magazines, and then the toy side. I left the industry to go do nightclubs, and then I came back into the industry where I found myself giving more advice in the shop than I did actually sell toys. And then people would come back and they like my advice. I'm like, fuck, I'm onto something here. I, I like helping people. You know, I love when people actually have that like little click, they have that realization. They're like, oh, I use your advice. Thank you. I'm like, don't. Thank me, thank yourself. So I feel like giving advice in a taboo area of sex and dating and relationships, especially coming from a, a male who's not your typical, do this and do that, and you gotta do this and do that. I try to give advice so women can use to pleasure their man, to feel more confident, so men can use so they don't fuck up as much and fumble it. My goal is to make sure people don't get roasted in the opposite sexes group chats. Oh my God, I was literally stalking your feed just then. You put up the funniest video and at the end it's like, and if you don't do this, you're going to get roasted in but a group chat. I'm dying it, It's laughing. true, you know. Think about it, like how many times if you've slept with a guy and he fucked up, the first thing that a woman does is she goes to her friend's group chat and he did this and he had no idea. You know, you get roasted and no one wants to get roasted. To be fair though, when you do a really good job, you get a lot of praise in the group chat as well and then you become the superhero I mean, I wouldn't know. I've, been, I've never really been in that position, so yeah. <laughs> So you're saying that you've been in this industry for 10 yes. years and it's a family business. So is it an adult shop that is the family so business? what happened was my mum and my previous stepdad, they got married and they had adult stores in Sydney. We had a few adult stores and then we minimised it to go focus online and get out of the industry. We had lost passion for it and now the passion's re-sparked. I took over and my main focus is... Mum's still in the background. She's still clipping me by the ear if I say something stupid. But the main focus is education, educating people, teaching people, being a pro-toy advocate, teaching people that sex isn't just porn. People think that looking at porn, because you don't have people who are just actively going to openly speak about sex, how it's going to be. You're going to have sex. You're going to fumble. You're not going to be good. You're going to have, have low confidence. And it went from having an adult store to more, I find myself educating people more. Yeah, I sell toys on the side. I always train my staff that, Sales is a byproduct of education. If you teach someone something, they're going to remember you forever. And then ultimately, you're giving them something more than just selling a piece of silicone that vibrates. You're giving them an experience that they're going to learn from. And then they're going to later on use that. You're going to have that moment where you go use a bit of information that you learn from the person in the adult store that you can't be taught really anywhere else. And you're like, wow, because of that. I then pleasured my partner and I got a response like that and then that made me feel good and less unworthy. And then I it took that idea of education and I've just had a couple psychedelic trips to get over the initial, mm -hmm. am I really talking about eating ass on the internet? And then I had to destroy 
my ego and my insecurities in order for me to serve. And that's what I do. I wake up every day and I'm like, fuck, how can I teach people in a common way where they understand it so they can get better in the bedroom? Mm-hmm. The, the area in life that not many fucking people talk about without in a negative way. Because oh. a lot of people talk about the bedroom experiences in a negative way. Not many people are open to talk about, yeah, I, I had the best railing on my life. Or this is what to do. Do this, do that. Because they feel like they're getting judged. I don't give a fuck mm. whether I get judged. And I also don't sit there and say, I'm a pro at sex. I'm, a, I'm like every other bloke. I last 30 seconds. Like, we just... But I also have industry backing. I've been in the industry for years, so I know what I'm talking about. But I still last 30 seconds. Oh, you crack me up. You actually remind me a lot of me in so many ways because I asked AJ at the beginning of the podcast, is anything off topics? He's like, I'm an open book. Whenever anyone asks me, where can we go? I'm like, can I swear we can go fucking anywhere? Like, just don't even tell me the questions. Just ask it to me and I'll tell you what's going on for me as I'm experiencing it. And, you know, that I talk about the herpes piece online. It was actually ayahuasca that destroyed my ego that was like, we're going to do this bitch all over the internet. I think I said to you, because look, although I'm an adult, I stick to my good areas of focus, some areas I'm not too privy with. That topic, for example, I would love to learn more about. I think we had this conversation offline when I said to you, I'd love to learn more about it. The more I learn, the more I can educate people too. Yeah, I love that about you. And I guess that was one of my questions. I didn't even realize that you're only 27 because as I was scrolling your page and thinking of all the different types of questions I would love to ask you. I was thinking to myself, where did you learn this? The best way I like to explain it is if you're a young mechanic and your whole life you sit in a mechanic shop, you're going to learn things. If you sit and you shut your mouth and you listen to the older mechanics and what they're saying, you learn a bit about cars. Because a lot of people will comment on my stuff and they'll be like, how do you know you're not in a relationship? I said, well, the person who fucking fixes the Ferrari doesn't own a Ferrari. So what's the difference? So it's a good point. Over the years, because I learned how to shut the fuck up and listen to women, I just listen and then I'd ask questions and then I'd learn from the questions because I sit in an adult store for six to ten hours a day. You come across people. Mm-hmm. People already send me happy to talk to you because it's like a confession box. You have full client confidentiality, so you're not going to say anything. So they come and they ask you. And I've always been not shy in the sense to ask more questions because I know the more I know, the better I can educate my clients. It it just becomes a winning cycle. So over the years, 10 years Mm. sitting in a mechanic shop, you learn what you need to learn without having to go and experience Mm. it yourself. Mm. What are the kind of questions like top three biggest fears, complaints, concerns people are coming to you with in the store? I think, to, to be honest with you, the store questions have moved more to online. Now I'm starting to realise that it's becoming more about dating rather than actually sex. So many people aren't even getting mm-hmm. to the sex stage. They're struggling with the dating and all that. So a lot of it's got to do with confidence issues. And the biggest thing that I say about confidence, because I'm very open with my psychedelic use. I use psychedelics to sort out all my things, but you can't recommend or say, go do psychedelics. Not everyone's going to do that. So my biggest thing that mm-hmm. I've always recommend to a lot of people is I'm a big learner, book person. I got all of Dr. Joe Dispenza's books. I got Letting Go mm-hmm. by David Hawkins. You are the placebo, becoming supernatural. Read those, firstly. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, sit with yourself in a mirror. Like look in a mirror. And I've got a lot of clients that message me on social media and they say, Holy shit, I did this and wow. Sit in a mirror with yourself for three months, 15 minutes a day, completely naked. And just fucking compliment mm-hmm. yourself. I don't give a fuck. You don't like your earlobes. I don't care that you don't like your nipples. I don't care that you don't like your tummy. The whole point of the exercise is becoming confident and naked with yourself. 
The more confident you mm. are naked, and you can sleep naked. I know some people have kids, so they can't do that. Or they live in households, so they can't mm-hmm. do that. So I understand. But I don't give a fuck. If you've got three hours to sit on social media, you've got 10 minutes to lock yourself in a fucking bathroom or lock yourself somewhere where there's a mirror and look at yourself and compliment yourself. And then what will happen is you start to change the patterns and thoughts in your brain of instead of when you look at yourself, I don't like my fucking tummy. I don't like my side rolls. I don't like my nipple. I don't like this. And then you start to compliment. Now, even if you start on the little things that you like, I love my pinky. I love my pinky. You start to put yourself in the thought process of the things that you like. And then what will naturally eventuate after a 12-week period is you start to fucking love yourself. Then you notice your whole energy starts to shift and change. Then you're not attracting people who they just want to use you as sex. They don't appreciate your body. Then you'll start to find people that all of a sudden, why the fuck is this guy kissing on my love handles, which I used to hate 12 months ago, I wouldn't let anyone near. Now I've got some man kissing him telling me it's the favorite part of me. Because what happens is you're a mirror. So you start to love on the things and that mirror becomes the reflection of what you are. So you start to attract people that love the things that you love. Everyone's got different things and that's fine. But you have a fucking choice to be a victim. And there's a book that I love and I recommend. It's by Dr. Victor Frankl. This man was in the concentration camps and he literally says, the last human right you have is to choose your attitude. So you can either be a victim Mm. or you can be like, actually, you know what? I can fucking change this. If you keep telling yourself that life is shit, Life is going to continue to show you reasons why it is shit. If you keep mm-hmm. telling yourself that you're worthy of love and you have so many lovable parts, life will bring you someone who shows you all the lovable parts that you have to love. It's all what our belief systems are. You would have experienced that when you had your breakthrough with what you went through and you finally crossed over from mm-hmm. I'm not worthy to I am worthy and this is how I go about it. Yeah, and I'm curious for you, AJ, have you ever had one of those breakdown moments where for me it was the herpes virus, for other women they have their things about their love handles or whatever it is that they think makes them a lesser person? Did you have your like come to Jesus moment? Yeah, I had a lot of moments like that in my life where I had to change my mindset. I never used to be confident naked. As funny as a sex educator, I don't know what it was. I think I went back and already healed it. But I would always go try like as soon as I finish, don't get me wrong, I'd get completely naked. But as soon as I finish, I'd put underwear straight back on. Now... He hangs out, Willie Bear stays out, he doesn't give a fuck. Because I healed that bit of myself by doing the sitting in the mirror and complimenting myself and then sleeping naked, then walking around my house naked, getting comfortable naked. And then when you get that confidence within yourself, because then I had the other issue of, although I'm shy and I don't really sleep around, but my whole thing was, hold on a second, I'm sitting here giving all this advice on the internet. What happens when it's the time to finally sleep with someone? They're like, you don't practice nothing what you preach. You ain't nothing. You know what I mean? So I had to overcome that. What I realized is I became more confident in myself and in the bedroom where I became more confident in my body. I love that. And this is actually where I wanted to take it. I noticed that so many people come to you for confidence advice for them to perform sexually for their partner, yeah. right? But is it insecurity in their performance or their appearance that's more common? I think it's both. We're in a society now where it's quick to just shoot people down and move on to the next one. And people are so scared of rejection. And to be honest with you, one of the most brutal forms of rejection is when you're rejected naked. When you're in your most sacred, vulnerable element and you're rejected, you get rejected naked. That's why men fumble. A lot of the time from women, the biggest question is, why can't he get it up or why does he go soft? 
because we're making that mean something yeah. about us. I'm not pretty enough. It's I'm got not nothing to enough, fucking not do anything. with you. Because let me tell you something. If he didn't find you attractive, if he didn't want to sleep with you, he wouldn't be there naked trying to get his dick up. It's so fucking simple. What it is, he's got so much pressure on him. Now, if it's a new partner, he's got all this pressure on him to perform. If it's an existing partner, he's got all the pressure on him to survive. Now, I know you've got a lot of women that follow you. What women need to understand is men are very primal. Our system is essentially support, protect, hunt, and survive. So when something goes wrong in our life, when we're stressed, in particular in today's climate, financial issues. When a man's experienced financial issues, the first function that he loses when he goes into fight or flight mode is his sexual function. He's not thinking about fucking. He's thinking of, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to keep her around and support her and love her and make sure she's fed? The last thing he's thinking about is fucking because mm -hmm. he knows that either way, if he focuses on fucking, he's going to lose her. It takes away from that. It's going to put him more in an energy where he can start to figure out ways to make more money or figure out ways to go provide. And unfortunately, because it's fight or flight, it's like anything. You know, when you get cold, what happens? Your arms and your legs start to get colder, but your body stays warmer because all the blood moves from the parts of your body where it doesn't need it to the main bits where it needs it. Mm -hmm. The exact same is with his mental capacity. His mental capacity is not going to him jacking off a load and reproducing. His mental capacity is going to him surviving. Ain't going to be no fucking if he ain't surviving. Mate, you were preaching to the choir. I just left my three-year relationship and my complaint is always intimacy and my business has gone one way. Thank you. Yeah, it's been hard. But my business went one way and his went the other and he's been financially stressed and he's like, what do you think about during the day? I'm like, oh, sometimes my business and most of the time getting fucked the shit out of. And he's like... I'm thinking about how to make my business work so that I can provide for my family. And so I guess my question for you, having you reference that, is how can we as women support our partners when we have this intense desire from him, but he's just not in a space to be able to give us what we are really desiring to receive from him? Like, how can we help a man like that? Look, to be honest with you, when it comes to men, he needs to learn how to fucking help himself. There's this massive defeatist attitude, and I get all these fuckers comment on my stuff, and they're like, oh, but you don't fucking work a labor job. Listen here, you stupid fuck. I work 14-hour days. Just because I'm not physically labor, I'm still mental. It's the exact same thing. You can still put me in a physical labor job, and I'm still going to say the same shit. Because another one of my biggest arguments is, you're more likely to get sex and your wife not reject you because she's tired if after your work you go home and actually help around the fucking house. A lot of the time, women will be like, I'm tired, I'm tired. Of course she's fucking tired. She has to cook, she has to clean, she has to run around and look, pick up the kids. She does all your fucking invoices. She does this, she does that. And you sit at home and you fucking play your games. But it's mental health. No, mate, it's not. Play your games after you take care of your fucking responsibilities. The problem is we use drugs, we use alcohol, we use gaming, we use all these things to escape our responsibilities. And then when she fucking mentally checks out, one year in, and she doesn't want to fuck you, she doesn't want to have sex with you, what happens? She ends up leaving you, and you're like, but wait, 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 wait. But if you actually took care of your responsibilities, responsibilities as a man isn't just putting food on the fucking table. It's being present. So if he took care of his responsibilities, actually helped out around the house, he wouldn't be sexless. His missus would admire him because he's getting to his fucking responsibilities. And look, there's going to be times when men apply everything, and they go through it. And for those guys, I feel like the best thing for a woman to do is to remove as much stress in his home life as possible. Mm -hmm. There's going to be times in life where you're going to have to pick up 
and he's going to have to pick up the slack. If you do it as a balancing act, and the biggest thing is you figure out how you can attack your life problems together rather than it's you and him against each other because of the problem, rather, and you have the mindset that it's me and you versus the fucking problem, you'll be surprised how many problems fade because you're not fucking attacking each other because of what's going on. You're like, you know what? No, no, no. Let's come together and let's work out solutions where it's going to suit us both as a single unit and let's go through those solutions. But as a woman, the more you get him relaxed and out of his fucking head, the more he's going to go from survival mode back into pleasure. Mm, I love that. And I love what you referenced about men being so primal. And I feel like as women, that's really what we want to receive from men in the bedroom, right? They're like primal, animalistic nature given to us physically. But I find my experience of men and the experience that women share with me and the experience that men share with me is that they're so in their heads, which really takes you out of your primal, animalistic sexual urges, don't you think? You got to look at how much fucking life is affecting us right now. You got to look at yeah. what a man has to do these days. Even women, I'm from a male's perspective. I believe in equality. Don't get me wrong. I strongly believe in equality. I think we should be equal on something. But I also believe in old school values. A man should go out and try to provide the best for his family that he can and then be able to support his partner. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with the both of them working together in a collective. It depends on what you want. But I feel like there's so much pressure on a man and he's not educated and he's not taught how to deal with that pressure. He's not taught how to express that pressure. He's not taught that if you don't fucking let go of the negative emotions, if you don't release them, they just become suppressed. And then what's going to happen is then you're going to find other outlets. You're going to do alcohol, drugs, gaming. And that's why he sits in front of the fucking game for five hours because it's shit that he's suppressing. PS5 or Xbox is probably going to try to get me knocked for saying that. But there's so much shit that he's suppressing. We think that emotions are for women. He's not taught how to properly self-reflect and regulate his emotions and understand, okay, fuck, if I let go of some of the dumb shit that I'm holding on to, it actually frees up space for me to enjoy some things or frees up space to create a business idea. I've hated my dad because my dad's treated me like a piece of shit, blah, 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 blah. But instead of actually just letting that go and be like, you know what, he is the way he is because of how he's brought up. Let me release that and let me create space for me to be a better parent, me to be a more active husband. We don't self-reflect. A lot of the times we're designed to be consumers and consume alcohol, which is a numbing and a depressant. Smoke weed, which is a numbing and a depressant. A lot of things that are designed for us and seen as leisure and pleasure, they're actually forms of escape. So we never get to fucking approach our emotions and they actually just get suppressed and suppressed and suppressed. And over the years, instead of leveling up, we're slowing down because we're carrying all this fucking baggage with us. It's like all the tabs on your phone. You leave all those tabs on your phone open If you don't fucking close them, you're going to become sluggish. If you don't clear out all the negative emotions that you carry along with you, that fucker that cut you off six months ago that you keep thinking about, the guy that took your girl three years ago that you keep thinking about, we carry all these fucking situations in our head and because we haven't been taught how to let them go, they then unfold into our lives. Even with women. I have this argument with women all the time. you got to fucking go and do the work and heal. Go heal. Clear out all the fucking shit that you don't want in your head. Because it becomes your belief system, I only attract narcissistic men. Well, that's because when you were seven years old, your dad was a narcissistic cunt. And now you've had the belief system, well, that's my dad. And all I attract is narcissistic men into my life. And then what happens is you carry that belief system. And because you've had a bad experience with men, you then have a bad experience with life. And then you start saying, my life is fucked. But if you actually... Mm. Go back and do the work and do the shadow work and have those uncomfortable fucking conversations with yourself and clear out all the fucking rubbish that you've accumulated over the years from that time when you were seven and your dad was a narcissistic cunt 
you start to release all these emotions, your life starts to become freer. You start to move higher on the consciousness level. You start to realize that, fuck, not all men are cunts. Look at how my uncle treats my auntie like an absolute queen. But you couldn't see that before because you saw the connection between your uncle and your dad as they're brothers, they're connected. Fuck that cunt too. He must be doing all the dumb shit behind closed doors that no one can see. No, because you held that negative emotion with your dad, everything in your world about men is now held in a negative light. I love it. I thought this conversation was all going to be about sex, toys and pleasure, but it sounds like you are passionate about so much more than that. The best sex is when you're mentally tapped in with them. Yes. How are you even going to attract someone in the first place? Because I'm finding people are finding it more and more harder to attract someone to have sex with in the first place than actually having sex. You end up having that many one-night stands that you realise, I haven't, I'm shy, but you realise that I'd rather have sex with the same person a hundred times and spice it up than have sex with a hundred different people. And and what I've realised is the sex part's easy. You can fix little elements of your sex game. That's easy. The main important thing is fixing what's going on inside of you. Because you fix what's going on inside of you, then you fix your intimacy. So then when you didn't feel like you're connecting with your partner, you're now connecting with him or her in a new light and in a more fucking higher vibrational way where you're like, wow. And then automatically, because the intimacy is there, the sex is better. But it all comes back to working Mm. on yourself. So is that a frequent complaint that you receive in the store, lack of intimacy or conflicting libidos? Conflicting libidos, intimacy, toy use. There's so many different issues. Everyone's got their own issue. A big one is women are in their heads. Massive. I did a whole masterclass on it. And this is women complaining that women are in their heads or men complaining that their female partners are in their heads? Men don't even fucking know what they're talking about half the time. God love God, God love us. We're not even that tapped in. We don't even realise that she's thinking yeah. about how's her role look. That's what she's thinking. He's thinking, please don't come. And a lot of the time, women can't even enjoy sex because they're so in their fucking head. Are you ready to be lit the fuck up and turn the fuck on by your life? What does living a life of alignment and aliveness mean to you? Have you been longing for something more? Are you desiring to live freely, fully and expressively? The doors to my newly released four-week mini course, Aliveness is My Birthright, are now open. If you've been listening to any of these recent episodes and have felt called to live a more aligned life where you are unapologetically yourself, where you allow your desires to lead you, where you are activated within your courageous and vulnerable feminine expression and you are doing the work to truly let go of what has been holding you back so that pleasure can permeate your very existence, then this experience is for you. Join me and my team for four heart-opening weeks of self-discovery whilst you commit to your unique life path of alignment and aliveness. Early bed access is now open and for my amazing Raw, Real and Vulnerable community, you get to save an additional $100 off your sign-up just for being here, making this the most affordable transformation you will ever invest in. I cannot wait to go there together and plant the seeds of pleasure, desire, alignment and aliveness that I know you have been yearning for. Head to the link in the show notes to find out more. But I feel this way towards men and my experience of men is that they're trying to get it right. They're trying to do the right thing. And this was going to be one of my questions for you. How can we speak to a man so that he has desire for our pleasure rather than just trying to get it right? Because I've recognized my past partners, I've always attracted men who want to please me. But the feeling of I'm pleasing you because I experienced pleasure from pleasing you is very different to I'm pleasing you because I want to get it right. It's hard. I feel like men have to come into that in their own terms. I'll be honest with you, from probably about two years ago, a lot of my past lovers are probably like, what the 
fuck is this? This 30 second fucker. Is there some comments on the internet or something, AJ, that you need to share with us? Look, the good thing is I've always been a gentleman. So no one's ever going to try bring me down because I've always been respectful. Everything's always been consensual. But my performance isn't always going to be the best. Sometimes when I was younger, it's not going to be to what I know now. Have you always had a desire for women's pleasure? I've always been a gentleman in that sense. Did I fuck up in my young years when I didn't know what I was doing? It probably didn't go across like that. 100%. There's probably been times in my younger years where like, of course, her pleasure is important, but I got no idea how to last longer than 30 seconds back then. I was young and I'm also trying to get out of my own head. I have a lot of younger guys that come in and like, how do I be perfect the first time? I don't worry about being perfect the first time. You're going to suck. You're going to fumble. Just laugh when you fumble. Don't freak out and shut down and be like, don't do that. Stop making it so serious. Because a lot of the time men look at porn and like, he's perfect at it. He gets paid to be perfect at it and that's not even real. Half the time she's not even screaming like that. You might have a person who's quiet, shy. The more you practice with one partner, the more you understand them, the more you get better. Is it women who want to perform to pleasure our partners and do men desire to be equally as good lovers as we desire to be for our male partner? I feel like for 20% of men, they actually genuinely want to pleasure their female partner or 25% they genuinely I think 75% for them, it's male ego. Of, yeah, I can I make her mm. come. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do to change that. They're going to have to get it out of their head. There's nothing wrong with being a completely masculine man but also attending to your partner's needs. I feel like the best sex is had when her focus is pleasing you and your focus is pleasing her. Then you've got two people that want to please each other rather than two lots of I need to come and I need to come. It's like a business deal. Where's the win-win? Yeah. Thinking about yourself and they're yeah. thinking about themselves, no one gets fucked. Very transactional yeah. sex rather than emotional and intimate and passionate. And as I get older, if you're going to have that friends with benefit, at least enjoy it. Don't make a trend like where you just got to blow. So this is 75% that you speak of, of men that are coming from their ego, 20, 25, just desire to please us. Do you feel like that's just an age thing that with time... They will eventually go through enough fuck-ups to realise maybe the woman's pleasure is really important too. Yeah, or- yeah. I watch men come in with their partner. I go very hard on men, but I also love men. I'm very, very pro-man, pro-Jordan Peterson. I get in trouble because there's some things that I like that Andrew Tate says as well. I don't have to agree with everything that he says. Just because one person says a whole lot of fucked-up shit doesn't mean that one or two comments you can't take from that and learn. I have this argument with people all the time. If you can't learn from people who you think are bad, then how are you going to learn from anybody? You have to be able to take all perspectives and then make a decision of your ideology perspective. But I think that as men get older and they start to realise that going and sleeping with multiple girls is a young, triumphant thing. I'm very pro-family unit. Find the right one, lock it down and build a life with her. I'd rather go on 100 different dates with the one girl than 100 dates with 100 different girls. I'm also at a different stage in my life. And are you European? I'm Italian, so I'm feeling like that's like very much my ethnicity, my yeah, culture. Yes, I'm European. I'm green. So I look at that. Everyone's life and circumstances are different. I, I came from my mum who's been in three marriages, two she got divorced from. So my ideologies are very different because my experiences are very different. The only bit of advice that my dad ever gave me was go have your fun before you settle down. There was issues within that relationship that made that make sense where I'm like, Okay, let me go have my fun, get it out of my system. I speak heavily about the importance of communication as well. It's important that you communicate to the person that you're talking to that, hey, I'm just letting you know I'm at a stage in my life where I'm not really looking to settle down. Mm -hmm. If you're cool with that, I would love to continue to talk to you. Maybe we can have fun, whatever. If you're not cool with that, I'm not going to waste your time and lead you on, and I respect that. 
on to the next. If we can have adult conversations like that, you're going to be respected more. Yeah, I highly value transparency and there's enough people that are single at the same time, not looking for anything at the same time, that would love to share time with each other without anyone ending hurt, harmed, emotionally distraught. You don't complicate nothing. But back to what I was saying, I think it's important for a man to go out, experience what he's wanted to experience sexually, as long as it's always consensual, experience what he's wanted to experience sexually, and then when the time comes and he finds the right one for him, not the first one, but the right one, Mm-hmm. he's not really going to be tempted by shit that's thrown in his path that he's never experienced before that maybe his mates are experiencing. He's not going to be tempted if a girl walks up to him in a club and he's like, you're fucking hot, I love you, let's go home. He's not going to buckle because he's been there, he's done that, he's experienced it. I've experienced that. I realise it's not for me. I've got a gorgeous wife at home who knows I'm here and enjoy myself because we have trust. I don't also don't believe in mm-hmm. you're not going to the fucking club. Firstly, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do. If you can't trust me, we're not meant to be in a relationship. You go find someone that's going to work with, that's not going to work with me. We're sleeping next to each other every night. Is that not trust? You have to trust me that if someone breaks into our house, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to defend you. But you can't trust me in a nightclub? What's the difference these days between a nightclub and meeting someone on the side of the street because she bumped into me? Trust is important. A man has to go experience and have his fun before he settles down. AJ, I love this conversation so much and I don't think it's men specific. I feel like women are very much in the exact same place. I feel that settling down at age 35, when I do meet my partner, I've had my experiences to never think, oh, I didn't try this, I didn't try that. But now, because I'm so open on the internet, I have so many women pouring their hearts out to me. They've been in committed relationships 5, 10, 15, 20 years. They've never had a threesome. They've never had this. They've never had that. They're married to their partner. They've got three children and now they want to explore all their sexual expression they've never been able to access before. And their husband's looking at them like, you can't do that. We're married. You can't go and have a threesome. You can't go and get a girlfriend. And she's like, but I have all of these desires that I've never allowed myself to give permission to. I just want to make something very clear too. There is nothing wrong with having those desires and, and wanting to try those things because we live in a very open and liberated world right now. There's also nothing wrong if you just like normal sex that doesn't involve toys, yeah. that doesn't involve crazy positions or crazy escapades. There's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, yes. do what makes your heart happy. Whether it's missionary, mm. whether it's a 30-person gangbang, if that's what makes your heart happy, the happier we are as humans, the better we are to each other. I don't ever compare what gets me off to how someone else gets off. If that's what gets you off, as long as you're not hurting anyone, as long as you're not harming fucking kids, I don't care what gets you off. Or animals, I don't care what gets you off. As long as you're not hurting other people, then do what makes you happy. But because we're in an era of comparison, especially when it comes to success, then we start to compare on our other lives. Well, those two look like the perfect couple, but they're swingers. Does that mean that me and my husband, to be the perfect couple, have to be swingers? No. You and your husband just have to find out what works for you to be the perfect couple. Are you saying that because women are coming to you with judgments around themselves that they're not freaky enough or adventurous enough or sexy enough? Every question I've gotten millions of times. I feel like life relates back to sex. A lot of the times we go on the internet, we're in social media. I might look at my numbers and look at someone else's numbers. Why are my numbers not like that? But then you go look at your average housewife and maybe your husband's not that adventurous. And she's like, why is my husband not like AJ who's sitting there speaking on the internet about sex? The difference between me and your husband is that my family's been in the industry for 25 years. I've been in adult source for 10 years. I don't fucking know anything about cars. 
Your husband knows everything about exhaust systems and shit like that because that's his environment. And a lot of the time we compare and I see the comments, try to be humble as fuck, but like it's just, it's actually the comments. I wish my man was like you. No, I don't want your man to be like me. Your man is exactly how he's meant to be. If you choose to be with someone like that, that's your choice. If you don't like your choice, reassess, sit down, whether you have children or assets in the same name, and discuss, hey, this is not where I'm happy. There's certain areas that I want to improve on. A lot of the time we look at fantasy, it's like all these fuckers are caught up in these stupid games. Brother, you put that same effort into a fucking game that you do your life, you'd be surprised what you can do in six months. The issue is we compare ourselves. Don't worry about nothing. Focus on you. Focus on what you like. Focus on what your partner likes. And then look at other different inputs and be like, hey, I like the idea of swinging. Let me speak to my partner. He likes the idea of swinging. Cool, we've come to a collective agreement that this is what we might be interested in. Let's go try it. Because you guys want to try it. Not because someone on the fucking internet is telling you, yeah, go eat ass. Yeah, I love that. And I guess when women are saying, I wish my husband was like you, this is something that I've been thinking about as I've been watching you the past few weeks. I highly value traditional masculine, feminine energetics in relationship. And I've seen you talk about this. And then sometimes in your question boxes, I see women hit on you or ask you for dinner and go after you. And yes, it turns me off immediately. I personally would never chase a man, even if I liked him, even if a part of me was like, yes, him. I would be annoyed. I believe that the man is the hunter. When he sees what he wants, he will go for it and he will not quit until he gets that thing because he desires it. What are your thoughts? Firstly, I'm flattered. I'm very grateful, very gracious that someone obviously thinks that of me. I don't know why. Got a fucking receding hairline. I last 30 seconds, which I'm very open about. I'm very grateful for it. Even times when people come up to me and they say hello to me in the street, they freak out. They want to I still freak out. I'm a normal guy. Come hug me. I'll kiss your forehead, but I'm a normal guy. In terms of that sense, it's never going to interest me because I'm very traditional in the idea that, firstly, I'm not looking to date at the moment. I'm not even fucking. Made it very clear. Like I'm so locked in on how I can serve others how I can grow my businesses that can serve more people, that dating's the last thing on my mind. And I'm trying to practice what I preach where I tell people, be so focused on your own life. Be so focused on getting better in every aspect that you attract the right person into your life rather than have to go in and try chase that person. But can you share as a traditional man that has traditional values and values masculine, feminine, energetics in relationship, why when a woman approaches you, it turns you off? I don't want it if it's easy. I don't want it if it's given to me. That's why we're lazy. That's why men are lazy. We don't have to go out and fucking hunt for our food. I like the idea of courting. Because to court, chasing is like, you're going to run away from me. I don't want you to run away from me. I want you to be interested in me. But I want you to see that I can apply pressure and apply effort to get what I want. Because as a woman, then you're going to see, okay, he's applied effort and pressure to get what he wants. That same effort and pressure, he's going to apply to every other aspect of his life. So when it's time... This is what I wanted to get to. When it's time When the women are like, I wish my husband was like you in the chat. Is it that they chased the man down? Therefore, he doesn't have that innate instinctual desire to run and get what he wants, which would actually create more desire in the bedroom. always, not always. Again, everything is situational. You know there's a person that you should get on who's great with this stuff? I follow all her stuff. Her name's Margarita Nazarenko. She's phenomenal. I, I look, I'm also at a stage where I'm not interested in my life. Don't get me wrong, I feel like when I'm so focused in my own zone and in my life, if the right person bumps into me, 
It's not chasing, but then, mm-hmm. okay, I've seen something, I'm of interest, let me go learn more about that person. I don't like the idea of chasing and hunting mm-hmm. and stuff like that because you're not a fucking object. You're not a zebra. I'm going to bite that ass, but you're not a zebra. I want to learn more about the person. Let me get a better understanding. But that also comes with age and maturity. Mm-hmm. And also realizing my own understanding, I'm 27, turning 28. By the time I'm 30, it's going to fly. If I start to look to settle down now, by 30, 31, I'll have a little me running around or crawling. But it starts to get bigger than you. Yes. But if we want our men to lead, we really should allow them to lead us in the dating stages of relationship, yeah, do you feel? Sure. But in order for him to lead, he has to show that he leads. If mm-hmm. he ain't fucking planning dates and doing things that in traditional, oh, but I'll fucking work all day. I don't want to plan. Brother, it takes fucking 10 minutes to make a fucking reservation and plan it all out. Stop being a lazy cunt. Sorry. But seriously, excuse after excuse after excuse. Let me put it into perspective. All these young guys idolize Andrew Tate. He plans his dates. Mm-hmm. Fucking sooking. Of course you get turned off and not want to fuck you. All you're doing is sook. Stop sooking. And that one fucker commented on my thing and he's like, oh, bro, I hope she picks you. Yeah, you dumb fuck. She's going to pick me. Because I actually listen and apply what other men have taught me that are good role models to do. It's not about whether to get picked or not. It's about doing your traditional fucking duties as a man. Whether she picks me or not, I don't give a shit. I'm still giving out free information that if you actually listen to, your missus is going to want you. She's not going to look at everyone else and be like, oh, but he does that for her and he does that. No, because you're doing all the right things for her. She's not going to give a fuck about no one else. She's going to be like, look what my man does for me. Sorry. Mm. AJ, I love your energy. You're the best. If you could share one bit of advice for the male listeners, about being better and more confident lovers for their female partner, what one piece of advice would that be? Two things. Mm -hmm. Don't stop dating your girl. Date the fuck out of your girl. The same effort you're going to put into finding a new one, if you put it into your one and only and you continue to fucking date her every week, switch it up, different things. They don't have to be expensive. You can go to a deli and get a couple things. You keep fucking dating your girl. You get the right girl, you lock her down and you never stop dating her to the day you guys die. Because you keep dating her, you keep the intimacy up, she's always going to want to fucking make love to you. You take care of your responsibilities, the bedroom's easy. Bro, all you got to do is have fun. Relax, get out of your head, have fun. You focus on her pleasure, you focus on getting her off before you get off, and then the rest is easy. And if you don't know how to get her off, ask her. Ask her for fucking directions. Be like, hey, baby, where's the clip? Point it out. You know what I mean? It's simple, man. Keep dating your girl. Intimacy is everything. You keep the intimacy alive. You keep the spark, the passion. You have her feeling sexy. Every time you go on a date with her, she's going to want to dress up. She's going to want to feel good about herself. You make her feel good about herself, the rest is easy. I love it. Your energy is the best. If there was one piece of advice that you could give to our female listeners about being more confident partners for our male sexual partner. Become more confident in you. Take care of your body. Nourish your body. I'm not saying don't get comfortable with your partner, but getting comfortable with your partner doesn't mean letting yourself go fucking completely. And then for the next six years, you're fucking swooping to him. Well, I hate my body. Get up and fucking do something about it. It's so simple. And to make it very clear, that's for all body types. There's people who are on the smaller side who are unhealthy. There's people on the bigger side who are unhealthy. There's people who are naturally big boned, who go to the gym four or five times a week and are healthy as fuck and I love that. But there's also people who sit there like, mm-hmm. I hate myself. Bro, you're drinking fucking V every day. No wonder why you hate yourself. Mm-hmm. Take care of you first. Fill your own cup and then watch it pour into others. 
what you're pouring into your relationship when you mm. fill your own cup. Take care of yourself. Be on top of your nails. Do what makes you feel fucking sexy. And then it's going to naturally positively affect your relationship because you're filling your own fucking cup. Mm. You're not waiting for him to validate you. You're continually validating yourself. The more you validate yourself and then you find a man who validates himself, then you just come together because it's a reflection being together that you both validate each other but also by validating yourself because both your cups are overflowing into your relationship. Watch how magical it can be. Mm -hmm. Get in shape. Eat right. Fuel your mind right. Don't wake up and look at your phone and look at fucking the Kardashians. Don't do that shit. You just can compare yourself. Stop comparing yourself. Accept and love your body and work on it to the best of your ability to make yourself feel better. It doesn't have to look better because you naturally feel better. It's automatically going to manifest into a better feeling and look about yourself. You might look exactly the same, but because you've done the inner work, you feel better. So the first picture you're looking at and the second picture are exactly the same, but your perspective of it is different because now you're looking at it at a place of self-love. Mm, love that. Do you think it's possible to have one-night stand sex with your long-term partner? Because I've heard lots of people say the person that you end up with is not the best sex of your life. Yes and no, because it's the Madonna complex. Oh, yes. I had Eleanor Hadley tell me about this two weeks ago. So two of my older cousins who had both their bucks parties recently, and they're my older cousins. I look up mm. to them for everything. But I don't want to know about what their wives doing. I have no interest. Anyone who's close to me knows what they do with their partners, I don't want to fucking know because it's not my place. But I said to my cousins, mm -hmm. I know how my cousins treat their wives. We're all cut from the same cloth. We adore the earth they walk on. Mm -hmm. But I said to them, you have to have sex with her like she's a random one-night stand. The Madonna complex says mm -hmm. that you either look at him like a princess and you, you tippy-toe or you look at him like it's a, a girl you're never going to see again, a hotel room, just a dirty, fun fuck. You can have your wife or your partner, you know, be an absolute princess outside the bedroom. You go into the bedroom, you have sex, obviously respectfully and consensually, like a madman. Like it's a one night stand in a hotel and you're out there just trying to run a mark. 99.9% .9 of the time, she wants that. But because you look at her in the, that's my wife, I don't want to hurt her. It's not hurting if you both consensually set up boundaries, red light systems, green light systems, safe words, and you both want it. You can call her your dirty little whore, and then the minute you walk out, that's the mother of my children, that's my queen, that's my princess. That's how you keep it exciting. Because a lot of the time, us men, we get so easy and we're happy with repetitive sex. We get comfortable. Women are the ones who want to explore more. Men become comfortable. But then we start looking at, oh, well, it's become so comfortable. This is boring. Let me look outside the relationship. No, you're the reason it's boring because you got uncomfortable. If you go into it looking at it like you're going to have sex in a hotel room with a stranger, but it's your wife, watch how good it gets. You do that three times a week, forget it. Your marriage is going to be firing all cylinders. You'll be like, babe, I want to go to Vegas with the boys. Baby, go. I trust you. I love you. Go. Look at how much you provide for my needs and our family. You deserve this break. Here. Take everything. You fill her cup up, she'll fill your cup up. Vice versa. The better I look after her, the better she looks after me. So if you mm -hmm. take care of her needs mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, sexually, bro, she will give you fucking whatever mm -hmm. you want in this world. You're amazing. AJ, I fucking love your energy. I love everything that you have to say. I'm fucking hot and sweaty. Oh, my God. I've never met anyone that actually talks faster and more than me. Sorry, I didn't shut the fuck up. My bad. Let's go. AJ, final question I ask all guests is what does it mean uniquely to you to be raw, real, and vulnerable in your own life? I think it's be wholly you without hurting people because I feel like when we use the word raw, it's very unfiltered. I don't give a fuck, but 
we don't realize that sometimes when you're unfiltered and you don't give a fuck, you hurt a lot of people. I'm very authentically myself, but I'll also pick and choose how unfiltered I get depending on the thing. I'm not gonna sit there and if I've got an older lady, an older gentleman in front of me and start swearing like my normal self. You should always be you. You should always be respectful. You should always be real. You should always be authentic. I feel like the more vulnerable you are, the more you're actually susceptible and understanding of other people's feelings as well. If you become raw and comfortable, you're happy to be yourself in front of others, but you also look at others as, I'm real myself and the real me knows that I don't wanna make them feel uncomfortable. So my goal is to be comfortably me, but also allow and create space for others to feel comfortable within my energy. Love that. You're amazing. I have so appreciated all of your time today. AJ, if anyone wants to get all into your world, I know you've got masterclasses and all the sexy things. All right, so my Instagram is AJ Papadatos. My TikTok is AJ Missionary Paps. For all masterclasses, which are phenomenal, it's pretty much two and a half hours of me giving pure sex advice. So I know we didn't talk about sex much, but if you want pure sex advice, my masterclass is... Blow His Mind Masterclass, BJ Brilliance. I've got a whole bunch of new stuff coming as well. And then you can also get toys from my website as well. So go to missionarymadam.com.au. I've got my own podcast yes. called Missionary University, which I would love to get you on in the next couple of weeks when I learn how to do this shit to talk about better educating people on the herpes virus and what you do. I would love that. In. I'm a yes. Let's go. I would love to. Thank you, Beck. You're amazing. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, Firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.